Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Chicago Bulls lose their final game before the All-Star break to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the game which they led throughout most of that game in. We're going to talk a little bit about that game, talk about Kobe White's comments after the game about missing that last second shot. We're also going to talk about the Chicago Bulls having a Nikola Vucevic problem, injury returns, and what are the expectations for the Chicago Bulls after the All-Star break. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Terry Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this game that happened last night. And even though we posted, I always post the, uh, the do the post-game shows live, but I really like to still recap the games after kind of having some time, go over some data, things like that. And so the Bulls, like, the, one of the biggest problems in this game that the Bulls had, to me, was the execution down the stretch of this game. This was a team in the, uh, in the Cleveland Cavaliers that always forces turnovers. They force turnovers. They, they get out in transition. Uh, they do those type of things. And, and you know, uh, they get to the free throw line a lot. And those were things that definitely hurt the Bulls down the stretch of this game. Inability to, to not foul now. Some of those were very ticky-tack calls by the refs. So, you know, you take that for what you will. And then just the turnovers in this game. The points off turnovers that the Atlanta Hawks in this game really kind of made, the, made them be able to stay closer in this game, even when Kobe White was going off scoring. Kobe White had a minute where it was him dueling against both Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell damn near by himself. Yes, DeMar DeRozan had a big game in this game as well. I'm not saying that Kobe didn't have help throughout the game. I'm just talking about for a stretch there towards the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, where it was really Kobe White dueling with these guys almost single-handedly by himself and keeping the Bulls in this game. And you got to show much love to that. But like I said, the points uh, off turnovers is definitely a big thing. 22 points off turnovers for the Cavaliers in this game, only nine for the Chicago Bulls. And then points in the paint, 52 now. I think that coincide some with points in the paint I mean uh because they finished around the rim when they got out in transition but when that comes this was a game where the Bulls shot more threes and hit it at a better rate than the Cleveland Cavaliers the Bulls were 14 of 33 for 42 percent from three-point range the Cavs were 12 of 37 for 32 percent so this isn't one of those games where you can look necessarily just at the three-point shooting where the Bulls lose some games just by math it, it was more than that in this game and that's why I kind of look at the turnovers being a big part of the failure in this game, and as well as Nikola Vucevic, which we'll talk about. Vuce's struggles have been evident, and they're getting worse, and Vuce has gone from a player that was decent in what he did well on offense to being a almost net negative for the Chicago Bulls in a lot of ways. Nine points, eight rebounds, one assist for him. He's still gonna, He still has flashes in some games, but consistently, he's shooting one of the worst true shooting percentages. I think it's the second lowest of his career in almost a decade, so, you know, some problems there, but Kobe White in this game. Got to gotta give love for Kobe. 11 of 17 from the field, 5 of 8 from three-point range. He even got to the free throw line six times, seven rebounds, four assists, one steal, 32 points 
from Kobe White. He stepped up in a major way for the Chicago Bulls. 39 minutes played, leading the league in minutes here. And then you got DeMar DeRozan, 41 minutes played, 24 points, 9 of 16 from the field, two, uh, two rebounds, six assists from him. Overall, played pretty solidly. And then Drummond with 10 and 15, 10 points, 15 rebounds, one steal, one block from Drum uh, in his 28 minutes, starting with Nikola Vucevic. And then you had Io DeSumo routing out that starting lineup with 12 points. He goes 4 of 10 from the field, but hits four three-pointers in that game. Also chips in four rebounds, two assists in that game as well. And then Alice Cruz on his first game back from injury, 3 of 6 uh, from the field for 10 points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. Alice Caruso stuff in the stat sheet like he can. And then we also got eight points from Dale, I mean from uh, Torrey Craig off the bench. No other scores off the bench but Alice Caruso and Torrey Craig. So those 18 points off the bench is all that we had. This is a, team, a, a game where it, it did come down to execution. And even with the kind of the decision-making late in game, the pass from Kobe White to Nikola Vucevic, which was a mix between Kobe, uh, you know, kind of, kind of throwing it a little too hard at Vooch, but Vooch also not being able to hold on to the ball. Kobe White took absolutely accountability for that and I love the fact that he did that as the point guard of this team I love that he's taking accountability and he's not shying away from it at all actually Kobe White talked after the game he talked about the last possession of the game and he said this take us through that last possession and what did it mean to you that you got your number called there for that three it means a lot that uh, coach trust me it means a lot my teammates um trust me you know obviously I'm pretty pissed I didn't make the shot um but you know it's learning moments um just got to continue to learn from it. Um, if you, just looking back and, and reflecting on, you know, this year and the past years, you know, the steps that I've made and been able to be trusted in those moments is, is huge for me. But like I said, um, I'm kind of, you know, pissed off. I didn't make the shot, obviously. Um, I felt like uh, I got a pretty good look look at it. Um, so I'm um, just, like I said, learn from it. And, and, and just next time I'm in that moment, just, just you know, be mentally, mentally ready, uh, mentally prepared for it. And I think this all plays a part in Kobe White's development into being that number one for the Chicago Bulls, which it seems like he's going to. Kobe has a level of awareness about his own game that I don't want to go or understate at all. A lot of players don't have that level of awareness that Kobe White displays almost every single night. Kobe White's growth as a leader, growth as a number one, growth as a focal point of the offense, all those things, this is important to that. That last possession is all important to that. As he said in that clip, the fact that Billy Donovan trusts him, the fact that his teammates trust him, yeah, it didn't go in, and that sucks. It sucks that it didn't go in. It would have loved, it would have given him a chance to like have that story around him, especially going into the All-Star break. It sucks, but Kobe White has just been, regardless of him making that shot or not, the, the IQ, the drawing up play, which you got to look at some of Billy Donovan, it just, uh, Kobe White's season has just been great, and like I said, he deserves to really be the story for the Chicago Bulls in so many ways and the way that he continues to evolve and develop overall uh, for this team, and I love to see it. But with that said, like I said, the execution things, that's one of the biggest things and problems with this team right now. It's the lack of execution that they show and develop so consistently where they just miss certain things that they don't have to miss. Um, um, but so, you know, that's something that, you know, it, the, the execution of this team, when they play against teams that are better at execution, it's gonna, it's always going to be glaring. The, this Bulls team is still learning. And something I said in the post-game show yesterday is that we're, we're going from relying on Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, and basically Zach Levine, all players that have been in the league for long times and been in those moments down the stretches of games. So now it is. It's Alice Caruso. It's Io DeSumo. It's Kobe White. Still with DeMar in there as well because we know what he can bring. Vooch isn't really bringing much. 
So there's a learning curve to that, absolutely. And that learning curve is, you know, that's going to come with growing pains and hopefully games like this. Being in a game with the with the hottest team in the NBA where you led 38 minutes of that game, that's how much you let out that game. Hopefully that builds some confidence. And, and you know, Billy Donovan showing that he's building confidence as well in, in, in Kobe White. And so I got to get, get hats off to Billy Donovan for, you know, cha- being willing to change that lineup, play a drum and Vooch together, start that lineup against another, you know, get big front court in the, that the Cleveland Cavaliers have now. It was a mixed bag of success. Last night, uh, Vooch and Drum played 19 minutes together, 19 minutes, 37 seconds. They were negative four in those minutes. The Bulls also had a negative net, net rating of 10 and a half in that. So, you know, there's been some signs against certain lineups, and especially when the other players are shooting really good of that lineup working, but there's also some signs of it just not really working as well as others so we'll see what billy donovan used they have eight days off i really hope this team is using that time to look at a lot of tape review some things see how they want to come out of the all-star break uh with any changes and things like that but we'll talk about that towards the end of the show we'll talk about some of the expectations around the chicago bulls coming out of that all-star break but we got to talk about a big problem with the chicago bulls and that is the bulls have a nikola vucevic problem and it's a major one now we i think everybody even kind of the biggest supporters of nikola vucevic realized that by the end of this three-year guaranteed contract, Nikola Vucevic probably wasn't going to be the player that he looked at before. But we've seen now Nikola Vucevic, between a mix of whatever's going on, his own shooting, it's fallen off, and it's a big fall off. The Nikola Vucevic problem is a big one, not only on the court where Vuce, like I said, is shooting one of the worst true shooting percentages of his career, and definitely the worst since he's been a Chicago Bull, but it's outside of that. The defense has always been a problem. The one thing that Vooch did well, well, not the one thing, but the things that Vooch did well, rebound the ball well. He was always towards the top of the league in double-doubles. He, he was able to score efficient, uh, efficiently well. And while on the season, Vooch's numbers on the season aren't terrible, right? I don't want to make it seem like Vooch is out there averaging a Tony Snell stat line. He's still averaging 17.5 points per game, uh, top 50 in the NBA to do that, top 60, sorry, dropped, top 50, he's 55. He's averaging 10.6 rebounds per game. That's top 10 in the NBA. And he's shooting the ball at overall 47%, which isn't terrible, but for a center, that's pretty rough. He's shooting the ball 27% from three-point range. This would literally be the worst three-point shooting a season of his career since 2015-16, almost a decade. Right now, yes, he's shooting it at a much higher volume than what he did then. When he was shooting uh, at 22%, which is in 2015-16, he was taking less than the three-pointer per game. But since Nikola Vucevic has been a volume three-pointer, which really started around the 2017-18 season, he took three and a half three-pointers per game then. He always stayed around three, sometimes going in half as four and six three-pointers over that time period. This would be the lowest that he shot the three ball in his NBA career. And his true shooting percentage, like I said, is already one of the worst in his career as well. The defense, already not a defender, has gotten maybe even a little bit worse. The fact of the matter is the Bulls have a Nikola Vucevic problem. Two more fully guaranteed years on this deal and over $20 in each one of those years. It's not like this is a a contract that's going to be easy in any stretch of the imagination to move. I see a lot of you guys in the comment section and the live streams saying, well, the Bulls got to trade Nikola Vucevic. The fact of the matter is you're not going to probably be able to trade Vuce without giving up assets. You can probably find a trade for him. I think any player in the NBA is tradable. It's just what you're willing to give up to trade him. And that goes back to some of the things that AK talks about is the fact that, uh, you know, you don't want to take a loss on a trade or well, took a loss by trading for Nikola Vucevic, but you you want to be put in a good situation. And if 
getting off Nikola Vucevic's contract means trading any future first-round picks? I'm here to tell you guys, the Bulls shouldn't and won't do that. So that makes that problem that the Bulls face with Nikola Vucevic even bigger. Yes, I talked about yesterday how the signing of the of the player development department was probably the best move of the offseason. Yeah, keeping Kobe White, I think that was a foreign goal conclusion. Keeping Io DeSumo, those are great deals. But, you know, that player development department is going to play into a big part of the Bulls' future and present. But this Nikola Vucevic decision, and, and the Bulls are up against... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boost. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is a spot. If they didn't re-sign Nikola Vucevic, that didn't mean they had that $20 million to just go out on the open market and sign. And then a lot of those other center prospects that were out there in free agency signed with other teams early. They Most of them ended up staying with the teams that they were already on. So the fact is, is that this is going to be another contract that in hindsight is going to be a fail for this front office. Yes, it was needed. We had to re-sign Nikola Vucevic uh, or at the risk of like, just not having any depth at that center position. And I know some of you guys are going to say, well, we could have just moved Andre Drummond up. We we drafted Adama Sinogo. Billy Donovan wasn't going to trust Adama Sinogo. He, he just wasn't. Like, I'm not saying that Adama can't turn into a, at least a competent backup in the NBA. I think there's more than enough signs to point to that he can. But right now, Vooch is actively hurting his team. And it is. He's not even playing at the same level that he did last year, which is which it was a solid year, year last year. He played overall solidly. He's dropped 7.5% on his three-point shooting last year. He holds the worst true shooting percentage of his career since his rookie year. He's already 33 years old. This is a problem for the Chicago Bulls, and it's highlighted by the fact of, I love Dalen. I, I still see the potential in Dalen Terry, but you could have had your backup and your and be grooming your next starting center in Walker, in, in Walker Kessler had you decided to draft him right now. Nikola Vucevic has fallen from all-star to borderline just role, not, sub-role player, right? He's a borderline role player at this point in time. It, it's right now, Vooch has had chances to redeem himself. He's had chances to step up, and it just isn't paying off right now for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls right now are strapped with two bad contracts in Nikola Vucevic and Lonzo Ball. Now, we have the potential to maybe file the career-ending injury exception if Lonzo can't go. But when you look at the fact that we let centers go like Daniel Gafford and Wendell Carter, who I'm, Wendell Carter isn't, but we let those players go to be stuck with now a 35-year-old center at over a $20 million contract per, per year, the Chicago Bulls have a Nikola Vucevic problem, and hopefully they find a way to remedy that in this year's draft by drafting a center or getting a young big man. Now, do not get me wrong. I do think Adama Sonogo is going to be ready to step up, 
But he's probably going to be stepping up for the fact that if we re-sign DeMar DeRozan and Patrick Williams, it's all but a foregone conclusion that we are not going to be able to bring Andre Drummond back unless the Bulls do some craftiness with their contracts, meaning they find a way to come off Lonzo Ball's contract or they do trade Zach Levine and don't bring back as much salary and some team can absorb a portion of his, of his contract into their salary cap space. That's where the Bulls sit right now in a hope of finding a way to get out of this Nikola Vucevic problem that they have. Now, there are some bigs in this draft, one specifically that I'm really high on, that the, that the Bulls could look to bring in. But again, that goes to maybe that that goes to hope that another team doesn't decide to pick up that guy, that the Bulls draft selection ends up even being in a place where they can. Right now, Kyle Filiwipski, and I still think I'm murdering his name, from Duke, probably presents one of the better center prospects upcoming in this NBA draft. Now, that's even if the Bulls decide to go center in this draft. So the Bulls have a big problem with Nikola Vucevic's contract, and it's just not a clear-cut way to just all of a sudden come out of it. That's one of the biggest problems is that Vuce's struggles and where they sit with this contract, where they sit with this production, unless the All-Star breaks help Vuce rediscovers himself, maybe they need to let him sit down with Dr. Phil and uncover some things mentally. I don't know, but this is a big problem, and as somebody who was and realized what Nikola Vucevic did well and realized, you know, yeah, he had his shortcomings, I've almost completely turned around on Vooch. Like, Vooch is bad, and he's been bad for the Chicago Bulls, and he's actively hurting it. And those, those rumblings you get from, you know, some Bulls fans saying, well, let's start Andre Drummond. Let's bring Vooch off the bench. Maybe he can get more into scoring rhythm coming off the bench. I don't think that Billy Donovan looks to do that. I just don't. But I understand where everybody is now coming from with that because Vooch has, like I said, actively hurting his team out there. And, uh, I mean, maybe maybe with better play, maybe with everybody coming back more healthy, us getting back to being the team that spreads the ball around, having scores from all over the place, maybe mitigates that some. But the Bulls definitely have a Nikola Vucevic problem, and we'll see where it ends up leading us at. Now, one of the other problems that have been hurting this team over the course of this season, of course, has been injuries. Between DeMar missing time, Vooch missing time, Zach Levine being in and out of the lineup because of injury, now being out for the rest of the season. Of course, Alex Caruso, he's always he's been on the injury report almost every single week. And then Patrick Williams, who had an injury where they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks. We now hit that two-week period. I always kind of said we won't hear anything probably until during the All-Star break. Well, Billy Donovan said something about this. He said this. The hope is now that once we get into the tail end of the All-Star break, that he can actually start doing some more things. This is going to be a real big thing of how he did respond to that. But in terms of his progress, of what they've been trying to do in terms of calming the foot and eliminating some of the discomfort he was having while walking, that's gone. So big step there. Uh, now the step is, okay, he starts running, jogging, uh, uh, jogging, cutting. What does that look like? Now, I want to key in on one of the things that Billy Donovan said this. Once we get into the tail end of the All-Star break to see what he can actually start doing some things, if they're looking at the end of the All-Star break before he starts doing the jogging, running, cutting things, that may mean that, that Patrick Williams may not be back in a Bulls uniform on the court for the Bulls until March, which doesn't leave much time left before the end of the season. Now, it does leave some. You got all of March, you got April, so that, that, that will leave them some time, but that is a, a far cry from the a, initial outline of him being gone for a couple of games, and that seems to be the thing around the Bulls. We keep hearing these things on initially like, oh, well, they'll be back in a week. We'll, we'll reevaluate, reevaluate them in two weeks, and then it turns into something more serious. I'm not here to fearmonger. I'm not here to make anybody worried that, that Patrick Williams may not be able to come back this season, 
But this is a major thing. And, you know, Alice Caruso returned last game. Hats off to Caruso. Love to see Caruso back. But we're for the Bulls to kind of play better at the back end or after the All-Star break, we're going to need all hands on deck. And so hopefully uh, Patrick Williams keeps progressing at the rate that they've been seeing him at. Hopefully he clears those hurdles. And then we can we can hear maybe towards the end of that All-Star break that he's going to be coming back on a minutes restriction or something like that. Let's hope that that's the case. But with that said, what are the expectations for the Chicago Bulls after the All-Star break? And I want to go over some, some, some stats here. The Bulls have a 22-15 and 15 record since their 4-15 and 15 start, which, again, is above a 500 uh, win, win percentage. It's not great, but it's above 500, right? The Bulls' slow start is really hurting where the Bulls' overall record could be because they started off so bad. But even with that said, the Bulls started off the season ranked 26th in offense and 22nd in defense. They had they were 25th in net rating at, at uh, in net rating over that time as well. Now, when you look at it, now the Chicago Bulls since that time period currently they sit right now 19th in offense, they're 10th in defense, and they're 13th in net rating in the NBA. Those are stats. They are 11th in that. Those are stats that point towards this team being able to do some things after the All-Star break. But injuries, we need to be relatively healthy for the remaining part of the season once AC and Caruso are back, and that should be a huge lift to the Chicago Bulls defense, which we keep talking about in these games. And that's the the expectations for the Chicago Bulls after the All-Star break are to keep competing the way that they have. No competitiveness is the buzzword. I didn't say that to say to 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 go back to that, but really the Bulls have been competitive, and this isn't to be uh, anybody to to you know ignore AK's lack of movement or anything like that. But realistically, the Bulls have right now. the The Bulls have things that they definitely can work on. They're twenty two and fifteen. They have the eleventh best record in the NBA over the last thirty six games. They just do eleventh best record in the NBA. In the NBA, not just the Eastern Conference, which would, would be more concerning, but in the NBA, this Bulls team does have some fight in them. And this Bulls team does have a higher ceiling than what some people are necessarily applying to this team. Yes, it hasn't been great. No, we don't want to be a middle-of-the-pack team. Yes, it sucks to be fighting for a ninth seed, all those things. But this is a Bulls team that still has some fight left in them. And I hope that this Bulls team is just going to continue to play above 500 basketball uh, for the remaining part of the season, go through the play-in, see where that leaves us sitting. You know, are we going to make a buyout signing and and bringing in a, a you know a Joe Harris or anybody like that? That could be possible. Um, so you know, this team it, it's not done yet. It, it, the the story's not written on this team yet. Now again, I don't think anybody's saying that this team is going to go on this uh, amazingly deep playoff run or anything like that. Um, but they they do have some potential to really make some noise, right? And and, and in play, they have twenty seven games left over the back half of the season. If the Chicago Bulls can go above 500 over those 27 games, we're looking at a team that that realistically could be pushing close to to 40 wins, 40 to 41 wins. I think if the if the Bulls can finish the season at 41 and 41 considering all the injuries uh Zach Levine going down, things like that, that's a big sign for for the talent that's still left on this team, but that does not change the work that AK needs to do in this offseason, an offseason where we may end up losing Mark Eversley as well. So let's hope that this team on the back half of the season can play better. You know, if we do make a a buyout signing and bring in some three-point shooting that is drastically needed to this team, I do think that it can help some. It's not going to push the Bulls over the top, but it can definitely help us be in some of these games that we're out of because of our three-point shooting value and percentages. So 
I have expectations of this team being above 500. Out of the 27 games we have left after the All-Star break, which is really where you do you guys remember when the All-Star break you literally used to be around the halfway mark where you still have like thir- between 35 and 40 games left? We got 27 games left on the back half of the season. So I, I would love to see the Chicago Bulls realistically, if they can win, if they can go 17, 17 and 10 on the back half of the season, that would put the Bulls at 43 wins. And I and that's going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie that that's going to be difficult, but that's the barrier that I'm setting for this team. Can this Bulls team get 17 wins out of 27 games? Let's see. It would be a huge thing of this team coming together, and uh, I think that would be a big story. But let's see what we can do, man. You guys let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Uh, make sure you guys are following the show. But before that, uh, make sure you guys put your expectations for the Chicago Bulls after the All-Star break down below as well. But guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like liked in every episode on, Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.